everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. First off, thank you for listening, and if it's your first time here, my co-host and I talk about video games and movie news, and what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry with my co-host. My name is Craig, same as always. Now, let's get into the first topic as always, news. Yes, lots of it. So as the as the resident PlayStation man, as I constantly call myself, even though nobody's given me that title or anything, you can't see it, but you're also wearing a PlayStation sweatshirt. So representing well. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll start off with the good news from Sony is that Sony is planning to join Discord and plans to integrate Discord system by next year, which huge step in the right direction for um, Sony and Discord in general. Now. A couple episodes ago, we talked about how Discord was kind of in fear of being bought out by uh, Microsoft and coming in and taking over that situation. So instead, what Sony did is Discord is still its own self, but Sony went ahead and became a minority um, stockholder and everything. They put a lot of they put a lot of stock into it. So I guess that's kind of the agreement here is that, you know, eventually, you know, it's kind of funny to think about where. Sony was the last like console to hop on the crossplay train, mm-hmm. and it seems like now they're going to be the first people to hop on the kind of cross voice chat. Yeah. Which Discord is what everybody uses right now, and the interface is quite easy if we're being honest. In order to get things working, and people use Discord for when they're playing their Nintendo Switches and don't feel like using the horrible mobile app that they <laughs> that they have. So. Yep. Sony Sony's doing the right thing here and you know we just have to see how everything goes by next year. It's interesting to me that there was all that talk about Microsoft buying Discord and then that dies down and then Sony's like we're in <laughs> not buying Discord but at least partnering with Discord. I'm hoping that everybody else follows suit. Like I would highly doubt Nintendo would follow in, but like you would think that maybe Microsoft down the line works something out. Yeah, the the thing is, is like Nintendo needs to follow yes. suit here. Yes. That would make life so much easier for everybody else because the the whole having a phone app thing in order to talk with your friends and it only works for occasional games. Mm-hmm. It it works and it's all right. But if I'm trying to, you know, play, you know, talk with my friends and I'm playing like Pokemon Snap, that's not how this works. So you have to get into Discord to do it. Yep. So, yeah, I never even tried to use their app. Ever. I just immediately went to Discord if I needed to. I've exactly. even had to like play some Switch games and been like, all right, we're going to play the Switch games, but I'm going to hop on my Xbox and everybody else do the same. And we'll just make a party. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> exactly. So like if Discord can just be the central location for everybody, that would be so much better. So much better. And then even if, you know, the crossplay would be so much better, like on for us, and instance, when we're playing Apex, we could still be in a chat and not have to rely on game chat which is not yeah. great. So that yeah, would be the future. Um, so we have the day one patch for the Mass Effect trilogy coming out was announced, and it yeah. is a whopping 11.8 gigabytes. So that's cool. I don't I can't think of anything that had this big since like Call of Duty, I think was the last one that had one this big. 11.8 gigs. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, you have your install, right? Like you're going to put it in and it's going to be like 90 gigs or whatever it is off of the disk. Um, but your day one update, that's decently sized for a day one update. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I was thinking of like recently, I'm pretty sure like Returnal was mm-hmm. pretty big and it's um over the Internet update. MLB The Show, of course, is mm-hmm. also uh, usually the sport game ones are pretty big because they're like adjusting stuff and adjusting stats and whatnot. Yeah, so. I, I don't you know, I didn't see uh like how much space this is supposed to take up, but I'm going to assume it's probably going to be close to 100 for three games. You think so? Just because I don't I, I guess it depends on how much um memory like this remastered version of Mass Effect one takes because right. that's because I was thinking about it and I was like, well, Mass Effect one can't be that big because the game like isn't crazy and neither right. is Mass Effect two. Yeah. Like three, I guess, could kind of push it. But I uh, yeah, I guess you're I guess you're right. It it all it all depends on how big that first one is, because I don't think two and three are going to be very big because they didn't change a whole lot. Right. They updated some of the textures, but that's not going to change a whole lot as far as space. So I would imagine I'm just going to guess it's going to be around 100, but hopefully not. If it comes in at like 60, I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. Yep. 
I have to continue to find more room on all of my consoles. So I'm <laughs> continue to continue to move stuff around. Uh, interesting thing, and this is just a report and a rumor, but Walmart is working on their own video game streaming service labeled Project Storm. Yeah, this is strange because, <laughs> as as someone who like and as as someone who classifies themselves as a gamer, mm-hmm. uh, I really never go to Walmart for any of my stuff. Like I've gone to Best Buy, I've gone to GameStop, I've gone to Target, I've gone to like mom and pop shops, but. Mm-hmm. Like um, with Walmart, I just tend not to go because usually like it takes forever to get stuff yep. from there in general, just because you have to ask an employee. They usually have a glass case. They have to unlock it. And then, it, you know, that can sometimes take up to, you know, 10 minutes in itself yep. for most of the time there. Yep. So, I mean, you technically have to do that with Target as well. But I think the last time I bought a game at Tar- or at Walmart was like, Probably one of the it was one of the NBA games a couple of years ago where I hadn't pre-ordered it and I was just trying to find one. So I went to a Walmart at midnight and, and like they didn't even have it out yet. It was just in a box in the back and I made them go find it. So exactly. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> they're They're usually not the greatest with that stuff. Yeah. And on top of that, too, like and you mentioned it, I haven't I don't think I've gotten a game from Walmart since like early Madden. I, mm-hmm. I remember like. And it was funny. I remember my mom waking me up from school one day, like early and goes, hey, do you want to go get the new Madden? And I was like, what? Do you want to take me (laughs) to go get a game? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, you know, and it was uh, like Madden usually comes out on my birthday, usually. So um, that's how Madden celebrates me is Madden comes out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was it was weird. But, you know, we went to Walmart and got Madden. I don't remember (laughs) what year it was. It's been a while, but. Hats yeah. off to your mom for knowing the release date of a game. That's crazy. Yeah, she must have she... been like searching that up or something. Yeah, she she knew. She knew what was happening. My parents never knew. Like my dad stayed somewhat in touch with what games I was playing enough so that he would know what to get me for Christmas and my birthday. But like my mom could not have ever cared less about games in general. So that's crazy <laughs> that she knew the release date unless she saw it. Maybe she saw it in like a Sunday flyer or something. You and usually there are commercials. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Madden was commercialized pretty heavily when we were younger. Yeah, but yeah, like it's still to this day, it's kind of like <laughs> one of the weird, kind of one of the weirder things. Where I was like, oh, my mom like knew I wanted Madden and yeah. knew when it was coming out and just asked if I wanted to go get it. And it was like before school one day. It was the school day. It was <laughs> so it was so early. Strange. Yeah, and on top of that, I was going to be late to school, which I don't <laughs> do. I don't. I am not late. Yeah. So. It's, it's it's a good funny reason. how it works out. Yeah. <laughs> was there like any I didn't like read too much into the article, but like, is this just like a PC streaming service they're talking about? Yeah. And it's okay. kind of Walmart getting that. Like, I think Walmart knows they're not very good at the gaming sphere right now. Like, I don't know anybody that shops at Walmart for no. video games. Like, no. you can go there for electronics. Sure. But video games in general, you tend not to. But the. The streaming service itself is meant to kind of be a PC, you know, streaming service for games. Yeah, kind of like a Google Stadia or, an, okay. or um, you know, what Amazon's gaming service was. I forget what that's called now that I think about it. I think it starts with an L, but I can't. Yeah, I got a Luna. 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 Because I, I, I got into like I signed up for the beta on that and I was like, oh, I'll try this out. And uh, I got the email that was like, hey. Uh, here's your code to join Luna. And I went to do it. And like, in order to join the beta, you have to sign up for one of the plans. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing that because I don't even know what this is. Like, I literally am just signing up to see what it is. Why would I sign up for like a three month plan or something? But yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I mean, everybody has some sort of streaming plan now. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. I just can't imagine like how many people are going to be like, yeah, I, I get my games through Walmart streaming service. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. I, I don't see it. <laughs> and none of these streaming services have really worked yet. Like no. we haven't seen Google Stadia take off. We haven't seen Luna take off. Like I'm just not sure why Walmart would be the people to go. Yeah, this is this is where I stream my games. I mean, Walmart has the deal with. Uh, is it Voodoo, the movie streaming yeah. platform, yeah. which I've never used ever. Um, so, I mean, they have, I guess, messed with streaming a little bit but not to this extent. So I guess we'll wait and see. It just kind of came out of nowhere. I read that this morning and I was like, okay, cool. I guess. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then I have some movie news. We got the, uh, 
Marvel put out a uh, like a three minute video for letting everybody know they're going to be back in the movies, right? Movie theaters. And we yep. got a bunch of uh, release dates and some like unannounced stuff that I hadn't heard. So just give a quick rundown. Obviously, we know uh, Black Widow, my list here. OK, uh, Black Widow's July 9th, which we already knew about. And then we have Shang. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's not Chi, but that's what I always go with. Uh, uh, September 3rd, but we did get a first look at Eternals with Angelina Jolie and 10,000 other people uh, <laughs> in November. There's just so many people, I just forget their names, all of them. But uh, the big ones was the Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, right? That's July 8th, 2022, which that kind of came out of nowhere because the last we heard was they weren't sure what they were going to do yet. Um, and then we got the Marvels, which I thought looked cool. And that's combining, obviously, Monica from WandaVision, um, Captain Marvel, and then Miss Marvel, who has her own show coming in the fall this year on Disney Plus. So, yeah, um, that's the one I think I'm most excited for uh, besides Thor. Um, but yeah, that is, it was nice to actually get for now concrete. Like this is when I am planning on going back to the movie theaters, not with Black Widow, but uh, September, right? With uh, Shang-Chi would be the first one I think that I'll be back in theaters for. Yeah, we have to see how all the movies kind of pan out with with that. Like, of course, some of the ones that are going to be the most popular are going to be the Spider-Mans, yep. the Thors, the Guardians of the Galaxy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited that Marvel's kind of come out and supported movies and, you know, say these movies are coming back in there because, uh, let me tell you, the movie theaters, I think, need it. Yeah. And if, I mean, Black Widow is the last one, I think, on Disney Plus as far as movies, not shows. I th- yeah, I think so, too. Yep. And, you know, Marvel, Marvel's the reason people go to the movies a lot of the time. Like people would solely go to the movies to see Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. So this should get a decent amount of people, hopefully, once they get vaccinated or are comfortable going to have a comfortable experience in there. Yeah, Marvel's the only one like pre-pandemic that even if a trailer came out, like the first one I can think of way back when was the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they announced that. And I was like, uh, I don't know. But like, because it has the Marvel name, I was like, all right, I'm going to go see it day one in theaters because it's Marvel. I did the same thing with Ant-Man. I was not excited for Ant-Man at all. I thought, you know, the premise of him, like his character, I was like, we don't need an Ant-Man movie. But because it has Marvel attached to it, like you're in day one if you like Marvel. So there's a lot of these, right? Like, I think the Eternals might be one that people are kind of iffy about, but you know, it's going to be good it's marvel so i'll be there for all of these day one for sure we then um if you guys needed to feel bad about yourselves, <laughs> fortnite is ranked over 9.1 billion dollars over two years i uh, just the, it, there's not much news in that i just thought it was really funny to read that a, one game has forked in 9.1 again billion billion dollars so that's crazy i'm wondering i'm trying to look up to how much money uh like Warzone has made in comparison because that would be like the second biggest, right? You'd think so, or Apex. Yeah. But, you know, Fortnite was kind of one of the first ones on the scene where PUBG was kind of the first, and now Fortnite is there. But Fortnite, you know, I think. I think out of all of the Battle Royale games, Fortnite does tend to be the most, I guess, kid friendly with the way their art and cartoons are, right. the way there's not really any blood. So, you know, even even though it's kind of third person shooting and that kind of thing, uh, I think parents allow their kids to play apex more or sorry. I mean, Fortnite kids are allowed to play Fortnite compared to trying to play. Um, for example, Warzone, where it can definitely be a lot more bloody and realistic in a lot of ways. Yeah. From what I can see, it looks like Warzone last year made $3 billion. So a lot, but not even remotely close to Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, and with all the cheating scandals, I imagine yeah. that if when they come out with like year two numbers, it's probably just going to not be nearly as much. It shouldn't catch me off guard anymore, but because I don't play Fortnite, I just get surprised every time that it's still making a ton of money. But they do yeah. such a good job with tie-ins with like all these different franchises that it makes sense that they just continue to be popular. But I consistently forget that this game exists because I don't play it. Yeah. So good on them, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, I am out of news stories, so it's on you. 
All right, so we got a couple more to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of put out that Sony was not a big fan of crossplay on the PS4. Everybody kind of knew that. A uh, document has come out saying that Sony would force publishers to play royalties on PS players' contribution to a certain percentage of that cross-platformed game. That was an excerpt from the Verge <laughs> article. If you want to read it, there's a lot of like legal talk and that kind of thing. But pretty much what it's trying to say here is that Sony was not only the last person on board with kind of the crossplay stuff, but that they also expect the publishers to pay the royalties when a lot of PlayStation players were going to that, were going and buying stuff there as well. So, you know, if you were cross-playing with especially Fortnite, because that's what the article was centered around, it kind of gave you the numbers with how much um, money the Epic Games would have had to pay Sony in order for the kind of the royalties for those uh, for people to play crossplay on on Fortnite. I was kind of gone by Fortnite by the time the crossplay stuff arrived, so I really wasn't it really didn't affect me too much. But it's kind of weird again to see the 360 kind of turn they've made with crossplay not being a major thing for them. They've kind of accepted it now mm-hmm. to the point where we will probably be talking to PC players by next year yep. without an issue. So that's kind of a force of reference for the 360 view maybe sony is made on this kind of stuff yeah and another thing that that reminded me of was that sony actually went out of their way they spent money to make sure that the new resident evil didn't end up on game pass yeah which to me is an interesting move i mean i i guess i see it i don't know what the the cross between people who own playstations and also own xboxes is but that's the only like logical reason I can think of in their mind of being like, well, if it's on game pass, that's more people are just going to be like, well, I'll just play it on Xbox instead of buying it on PlayStation. I'm assuming that's what they were thinking, but you know, just kind of stepping back from it and looking at it and be like, I I honestly don't think it's going to hurt you that much if it would have ended up on game pass because not everybody has an Xbox and a PlayStation. I mean, that number right now, especially with next gen is probably pretty low. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know you have both, but I do not. And I don't know very many people that have both right now. Um, And even then, like, I mean, you would probably prefer to play it on PlayStation anyway, right? Regardless if it was on Game Pass. Yeah, I would have definitely gotten the PlayStation version because what and what PlayStation and we'll talk about a game that takes advantage really of this next gen stuff. Mm hmm. Um, but PlayStation, when every time I've seen a Resident Evil thing, they keep talking about how well this or how well it's going to play on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, Sony's 3D audio is the real deal, guys. And I kind of experienced it this week. Um, just with the 3D audio stuff, I expect Resident Evil's kind of, you know, voice stuff to kind of just make me scared out of my mind. Yep. For the most part. And if you're a person that likes that kind of stuff, Sony is pretty much telling you hey if you want to be scared spatial awareness and whatnot our 3d audio technology is going to push you into that sphere that yeah. that you want to be in so sony's always done a good job with kind of getting behind these single player first party games i'm just kind of surprised that capcom has been so linear about it where it's obvious yeah that sony is doing this much to try to get them to to buy it on that console i guess that's what kind of caught me off guard because they already had the exclusive stuff on PlayStation anyway, right? Like they got the demo first. Um, I know there's some other stuff that's exclusive to Sony that you can't get on, on the Xbox. So you already have all that. And the incentive is already there to buy it on Xbox. Uh, In my mind, it honestly, why would you care if it's on game pass at that point? Because you can literally put it, in all the ads for yourself, like this will be better on the PlayStation. And like, I play almost everything on Xbox anyway, but even I know that like the better version right now is the PlayStation version of this Resident Evil game. The audio is better. The controller with the haptic feedback is going to be better. You're going to get a better experience on it anyway. So if I had the option, if I had both, I would be buying it on PlayStation as well. So yeah, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we then go into PlayStation showing off more of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, overall, I've kind of made, I really have decided that I'm excited for this game now more than ever. I really wasn't excited for the Ratchet and Clank series um, when this game first started getting debuted. But the more I learn about it and the more they continue to talk about it, I'm realizing that 
this this will probably be the first game that properly takes advantage of what the PS5 is trying to do. Returnal has done that, and we will get to that in a minute. But uh, Sony's kind of advertising that, you know, hey, this is kind of the new power. This is what next-gen gaming is going to be. And that's an experience I'm excited to have. So I'm more excited for this game than I was after the gameplay that was shown off last week. Yeah, we're we're getting there for me, right? I'm still... I'm that person who's waiting for that game to come out. That's like, all right, this is why I'm buying the PlayStation. But we're getting close because Returnal looks good to me. And even though I'm not a huge Ratchet and Clank fan, like this looks good. It looks phenomenal. So I think I need like one or two more exclusive games, maybe one more. And then that would be like, all right, now's the time. So we're almost there for me. So keep going, Sony. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, quick update, uh, we've mentioned to everybody that you should have already been downloading Apex Legends, but mm-hmm. Apex Legends Season 9 launched today, May 4th, Star mm-hmm. Wars Day, kind of weird that they did that, <laughs> but uh, just so you know, it could be it's going to be very hard to play. Hopefully by the time you hear this, all of the issues are figured out, but I just kind of wanted to let everybody know. Good luck. <laughs> and just in case I haven't talked about it enough, Demon Slayer in its second week becomes the number one movie at the box office, surpassing um mortal Kombat, which isn't a surprise this is kind of expected considering you really can't see the new demon slayer mugen train movie anywhere else right but you know i i wanted to let wanted to say that out and if you are looking for my opinions on that listen to the last podcast i know it got up late and it frustrated the heck out of me but <laughs> um trust me i i like the last week's podcast is one of my favorites we ever recorded yeah it was good so i'm <laughs> Hopefully you guys will take the time to listen to that as well. Side note too, later when we get to movies and that we watch this week, I do have thoughts on Demon Slayer. You never thought it would be coming, but I do have thoughts. We have Craig's anime corner. (laughs) Yeah, mark it down. Craig's anime (laughs) corner. I need a new a new graphic to put up. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely naming that the podcast this week. Oh my god. The Nintendo Switch Pro is kind of in doubt with Nintendo ripping up productions on the regular Nintendo Switch. This for me was kind of expected. I don't expect a Nintendo Switch Pro until next March where it's going to kind of be another anniversary for the Switch and probably I'm hoping we're going to see Breath of the Wild 2 release around that time as well. The Nintendo doesn't like to compete with anybody else. They don't want to have to compete with everybody trying to buy playstations and xbox this holiday season because it's still very hard to get these consoles i actually haven't seen any in in a couple especially a playstation in like three weeks so that's i I think what nintendo's doing is the right move especially for like someone like me where i did have to spend a lot of money um to get the xbox and the playstation day one and it's kind of nice that Nintendo's like, okay, you don't have to worry about getting our console too. the <laughs> following week. You can wait until, right. you know, another holiday from now. So I, I'm i not in doubt that the Switch Pro is, is not going to happen because I'm pretty sure it is. Like, I'm 90% sure that they're going to eventually do a Pro system. Yep. It's just a matter of when it's going to be. And I just think it's going to be uh, March of 2022. I think... I would be willing to put money down that this will drop whenever they feel like Breath of the Wild 2 is ready. Yeah. Because it just makes the most sense to drop the pro model and be like, all right, this is how Breath of the Wild is supposed to be played. And this is what it's going to look like on the pro. You can still play it on the other one, but you're not going to want to. So I just think that's it all hinges on whenever Breath of the Wild gets done. And you know, Nintendo, they're not going to rush it. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I don't need the pro model anytime soon either so take your time i will get it though when it comes out because i still have the like original original horrible battery version of the switch so i'm ready same here same here (laughs) and the last news story for me is sony is patenting game help experts which uh this is kind of an interesting thing but if you're having trouble with a game or something like that you're able to call and they will get you on the line with somebody who is a game expert to help you (laughs) it's kind of weird that like you know this is people nowadays if you need help with a game you just kind of go online and do a walkthrough but 
maybe a walkthrough is difficult for you to understand so you instead call sony to help you <laughs> it's yep. an interesting thing and sony if you're hiring i will absolutely i will absolutely be a game expert for you yep if- this i everything goes in cycles right as far as popularity and we've now reached the point where the nintendo hotline has been resurrected as the sony hotline so like the regular nintendo i remember that and uh, there was actually one of the documentaries on like the history of video games. They go into the Nintendo hotline and the people who actually worked there. And I remember as a kid, like obviously there was no internet. So when you were stuck on a Nintendo game, that was like your option. And I was never allowed to call it cause it was like a dollar 99 a minute or something like that. <laughs> so like $2 a minute. And, um, in the documentary, I remember them saying like they would have this like folder, this binder full of papers. And it was like, all the most popular Nintendo games and it was how to beat all the levels, like every single level. So somebody would call in, they'd tell you the game, they would flip to it. Um, if need be their, their uh, desk had a Nintendo and a TV and they would pop the game in and uh, go to that point and then walk them through it. So I didn't think that would be something we would ever see again, because whenever I get stuck, I just look it up on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like that's just the yeah. easiest thing, but maybe people do want to talk to an actual person. But yes, I will also do that job because that sounds like a wonderful job. Yeah, I guess really the only benefit of this is a lot of the times when you're going on the Internet, you can be subject to spoilers for the certain game or something like that. Mm -hmm. And on a call with somebody that Nintendo has hired, they're not going to spoil the game for you, probably. Yeah, true. If they're spoiling it, they're probably pretty bad. So (laughs) I would, you know, it's just an interesting kind of thing that Sony's trying to start up because Sony just seems to be throwing everything at the wall here. They do. Seeing whether or not it works. So, uh we we will end up seeing who ends up using the Sony patent. If I end up having to pay, you know, money to use this feature, I'll just pay you to use it once. Like I'll know what to do in the game. I'm just going to call them to see if they know just because it would, it would be an, a, a unique experience. It would. Yeah. And then that's going to be it for news. We're going to head to games now. And All right. Games were probably if two of the biggest games that are going to, well, I definitely will say one of the biggest games released. Mm-hmm. But before we get into both of those, for me, uh, just an update on Near Replicant. I have finished one playthrough. Nice. We need to. I need to do two more, but I will absolutely be doing a spoiler cast on this. I'm gonna. Have, I have a buddy of mine also, uh, Craig, who has also been playing Near Replicant a lot. Will also be doing the podcast with me as well. We will do a spoiler cast on it. Um, Near Replicant. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything and. While I have talked about it, the story in this game is like next level. It it's really good, and I'm I'm tied in. I'm into the <laughs> game for sure. So you are doing a whole bunch of side quests. So if you were to not do the side quests, how long do you think it would take you your first time to get through it? Oh, I would have. I, I I would have already beaten it the third time by now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm about 25 hours into this game. Okay. And yeah, I was doing a lot of the side quests, but eventually kind of with me and especially the side quests here, I just kind of stopped. Yeah. I just stopped doing them. And, uh, in order to beat the game, uh, like you'll have to beat it a couple times and it doesn't start you right at the very beginning. It starts you at a certain point in the story where you can kind of pick up and do things pretty quickly. Like mm-hmm. if, like for me, none of the boss battles are particularly hard because I was doing all of the side quests. I was defeating enemies. I was gaining levels. I'm pretty overpowered at this point. So uh, expect that podcast eventually here within the next month because cool. I'm I am super excited to talk about it because this game is definitely next level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I messed around a little bit this week with uh, Second Extinction. Um, yep. which is on Game Pass as a game preview. So I don't think the final build is out yet. Um, this got a, this was on one of the uh, Microsoft events, I remember. Yep. Um, and I remember being like, all right, this could be interesting. It's got dinosaurs and guns, kind of like Turok. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down with that. Um, as far as like playing it, it handles a lot like just any other first person shooter, right? The movement seems decent enough. Um, It's designed to be played with multiple people, right? Like you squad up and then go do these missions. Um, It just drops you into like big open areas and then we'll have like, here's your A, B and C objectives and you can do them in any order you want. And you just kind of work your way through and kill a whole bunch of dinosaurs and all that stuff. Um, My problem with it is 
there's your normal dinosaurs and then there's like armored dinosaurs right where like your normal gun is not going to put them down so you'll be fighting all these like the normal dinosaurs are like velociraptors the smaller ones and then you yeah. go to like your objectives and that's where you see these like they call some of them like bulls because they're just like the big like male dominant ones and they never really give you any hint on how to kill them so they're just kind of like you know your guns don't work figure it out um which kind of was a, a pain at first until you figure out exactly what you're supposed to do there are like demolition charges that they expect you to kind of like maybe plant on them and blow up okay. uh, which is a pain but uh there are multiple classes in this game uh, that have different abilities. You know, you have like your your sniper class. I, they don't call it sniper, but your range class, your tank, um, you're like in the middle, right? Your assault class. And uh, I forget what the fourth one is, but they all have different things. They can bring in like care packages of ammo. Um, the assault class has like a, you can dash left and right, but it'll have like a farther dash um, and like a focus ability. So there's a lot that you can do in this game. Uh, it is, like I said earlier, not finished. And as of right now, you can tell like it's okay. The shooting's okay. I don't have a problem with the shooting. It just seems a little sluggish. Um, and it's very dark and very ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you're playing it with a bunch of people, it could be fun as just like a, you're kind of paying attention. But other than that, like trying to play by yourself is impossible. There's just too many enemies. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's something I'm going to stick with. We'll see. Um, but as of right now, it's like a eh. I think it's on Game Pass. So like definitely try it out if it sounds interesting to you, but don't expect the world out of it right yeah. now. All right. So I know we both played Pokemon Snap. So we I'll did. leave that for last for me. So the next big one for me is gonna be Returnal. Yes. Uh the first PS5 exclusive game. I know it's not Ratchet and Clank, but it's Returnal instead. This is a roguelike game um in kind of the words you say you start out as a character named celine who crashes on an alien planet and every time she dies she relives that crash and then wakes back up and the world has changed the area the rooms have changed so that's kind of the roguelike experiences there is a story as well but as i was mentioning before like this this game's like audio is crazy. Like this is definitely 3d audio type stuff. Like I was listening on my headphones, the spatial awareness, the screams that these monsters make are creepy. And like they, I didn't expect to be terrified of this game, but there are points where I'm like, I'm like covering my eyes because I'm afraid <laughs> a jump scare is going to come out. And I know I'm going to play resident evil village eight on stream. Yeah. Uh, starting Friday and on through the weekend. And I, I know that I'm going to have to get over this, but it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's a warm up. You can call it a warm up. I feel like I've been thrown <laughs> into the deep end. But this game is like creepy. It's it's dark. It's like tentacle. Like all of the monsters have like tentacles. They're throwing stuff. It's it's almost as like it's a roguelike and a bullet hell, which if you've never heard of that term, it's. A lot of the old games used to be it, especially like when you were top down, but the enemies are like throwing bullets and you need to find a way to dodge it pretty much. And uh, the difference is, is these guys also have melee attacks if you decide not to hit them in time. Mm -hmm. The and if you look up this game, uh, the biggest complaint everybody's telling you is going to be the difficulty here. The the game is hard and it demands you to be ready and it, it really demands you to learn the cycles of bosses because there are times or I'm dying because I don't know what the boss is about to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of these moves that look the same, but instead of firing bullet, you know, bullet hell at you and trying to dodge all of them, he fires a laser or something <laughs> like that. So I have, and one thing I will say is I've only made it past the first section of the game. So um, there's, there's not much to be said further on in the story, but a lot of, uh, podcast I have been listening to about Returnal because this is probably one of the most interesting games that I found this year. But uh, the story is is supposed to be really really good. It's supposed to dive into some dark concepts and some horror type things. So I'm just trying to see whether or not I'm good enough to get to that part of the story <laughs> because I've died a decent amount of times so far, and it like Returnal doesn't seem to want to hold my hand. 
Like, if I'm struggling and they notice that maybe I'm in the same area for too long, it really doesn't seem to want to carry me through it. Which, for some people, like, difficulty turns them right off of the game. They're not looking to, you know, sweat and cry Mm -hmm. over, over a boss. But it's just something that, for me, I'm a regular to the Dark Souls series, so I do know a lot about the difficulty spikes. And I'm going to try my best to continue playing this game because of how good the story is. The every other aspect of this game, I'm really enjoying Um, other than the fact that the runs and this has been fairly publicized already if you wanted to look at it, but you cannot save mid run. So you have to die Mm -hmm. in order to get it. And sometimes these runs last two to four hours. Uh, especially when you start getting into late game and start getting a lot of the better weapons and learning all of the patterns and everything like that, that each monster has. So that's go ahead. No, um, I had like, I read a couple things of people who left their PlayStation on in the middle of a run because they needed a break. And then like they would come back and their PlayStation updated and they lost all that progress. Um, normally like I'm not a dark souls player i've played them but i i think it's well known that i'm not a huge fan of them but if it something has a good story that might be enough for me to want to play it like i know like dark souls and demon souls has a story but it was never really anything that was like drew me in like this whole setting and like it it appeals to me so it might be one that i'd be willing to get through but all i keep hearing is like this game is brutally difficult and they're not going to hold your hand. So if you really want to hear the story, you, you're you going to have to put in the work and set aside the three hours to do a run. And if you die two and a half hours in, oh, well, try again later. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it and there's something to be said about that, because there's a bunch of publications going around talking about difficulty in games and whether mm-hmm. or not it's kind of blocking off people from otherwise getting to enjoy a game. Right. Because in a lot of ways, games should be for everybody. But um, a lot like how art isn't understood by all people, whether it's a piece or not, you know, um, this this game, you know, is is going to be something that if you don't get good at, you know, you may not ever get to the story point that you want to get to. But it's all about learning and adapting. And that's what I'm trying to do with uh, Returnal. And like, I'll admit, I get frustrated at the game sometimes, but it's usually as the player, I know it's my fault. Mm -hmm. The game is extremely responsive. The the character Celine never dies because the game is not running smoothly enough or that something isn't happening. It's because I'm not paying enough attention. And that's something where I can't get mad at the game for that. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And the story it's telling has me eerily interested in what it's going to tell me. And I just hope that maybe later on in the game, I get access to better early game stuff so that I can, (laughs) Um, so that maybe I can get further into the game. So we'll have to see. But so far, Returnal, like, it is an impressive display for an exclusive PS5 game. And while a lot of people will tell you that probably, and earlier I even said, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is being advertised by Sony as kind of the first PS5 exclusive game, Returnal does it just as well. And if if you kind of want a, a picture of it all, Returnal is a roguelike. So every time you go through a door... In older games, we would have to wait for a loading screen and then play through the room, Mm -hmm. which is why roguelikes weren't popular back then because of loading time would just be ridiculous because rooms take about a minute to two minutes to clear depending on the difficulty of the room. And on this game, when you walk through a door, it just uh, the next room appears before you. So it is quick. It is fast. It is responsive. Um, This game technically is a very, very good achievement for Sony and um, Housemark, uh, Housemark, who's the people who made this game. Mm-hmm. So all the credit to them because this game runs fantastically and uh, the game itself overall is interesting. And if you can do that, that's going to get people to play your game. Yeah, I definitely will be checking it out whenever the time comes that I buy a PlayStation. Um, like we were talking earlier today uh, that, I, I'm thinking like by the time I get a PlayStation, I'm hoping this will be one I pick up for like 20, 30 bucks. Um, and that way, like if I end yep. up just absolutely hating it, it's not that big of a loss. But like I am definitely intrigued by it for sure. <laughs> uh, on that yeah. line of rogue light slash like, um, I finally started Hades. And uh, I'm out. did like three or four runs so far. And 
so far are on point today Transitions yeah on point super on point i was waiting for that one um so far <laughs> like this game is i'm playing it on the switch so it doesn't look as crisp as it does as i've seen it on the pc but it i have no issues as far as like it hitching or, or slowing down on the switch um but i really really like this game i'm seeing everybody's love for it like where they're coming from again i don't like this type of game usually but I think it helps that it reminds me a lot of Diablo, right? You have, it's like that style. Um, And I don't mind when I die because I just keep upgrading and getting new things. Um, So the story, I I mean, I haven't gotten a whole lot of the story yet. Obviously I haven't played it enough to get it, but like, you know, it's intriguing to me to see where it goes and I'm enjoying, you know, figuring out the different enemy types and how to dodge and all that. Um, I quickly transitioned into using a bow instead of a sword because that's what I always do in Diablo. And yeah. it seems to work out here as well, doing like the long range attack instead of just rushing in. Um, man, when you start out, though, you have like no health. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that can I can start beefing that up. But uh, I enjoy the gifts that you get that you can choose like one of three things to upgrade. I like that idea. So it's one that I'm sure I'm going to be playing for a bit. Um, it, I might. I'm, not might i will be taking a little bit of a break when resident evil comes out on friday and obviously we have apex as well but i think this is a good like in between game when i need a break from resident evil to jump in and play hades for a run or two it's like the perfect game for that so i see where all the hype is from i don't think that i'm disappointed in the least bit even though there was a bazillion things of hype so (laughs) i look forward to hopefully beating that game you can beat it right um in, in a way yes okay. but uh you'll and i i don't want to spoil any of anything for right. anybody there but you you can get to an ending okay and it kind of builds like the, the thing is is that story's uh, like ending is also evolving along with the characters in the game mm-hmm. so you'll you'll kind of figure that out once you beat the game a couple times but like one of the things i did want to mention about roguelikes and kind of the difference between the difficulty of hades and the difficulty of returnal is in hades you carry over your money you carry well no not your money you carry over like the keys right. the darkness which you can use to upgrade yourself and and um like the gems that you collect in returnal the only thing you ever keep is the ether which you can use to cleanse um objects that you find on the ground in order to avoid your suit malfunctioning that's a whole game mechanic in itself i won't get into it too much <laughs> and there's like parasites too right yes there's parasites mm-hmm. but they don't carry over like pretty much every time you die in returnal you're starting almost from zero especially early on in the game once you start to get further into the game of course you're going to collect more ether and as long as you aren't using it all up right away you'll be able to um you'll you'll be able to start compacting and carrying a lot of that stuff so that's kind of the difference between the two i find that hades allows you to carry over a lot more than what uh returnal does okay cool so we get into the big one yeah my literal my literal probably top three or four uh for the year here i'm calling it right now okay it's you don't think it's gonna drop at all you think it'll be in the top three okay yeah I am obsessed with the next game we're talking about, and it's Pokemon Snap. <laughs> now, uh, we both played a decent amount of it. Like this weekend, I put a lot of work into Pokemon Snap. And as as a person who loves photography, which I do, I love uh, I love like f- taking photographs of stuff. And Pokemon Snap is perfect. Uh, and all of the content in this game, it it, it re- I was. If you listen to previous episodes or, you know, listen weekly here, I didn't have a lot of hype for this game because I don't I didn't know how much it was going to offer me. Mm -hmm. But there is so much content in this game that it it really is impossible not to find something to like here. And, you know, there is there's a bunch of gameplay. There's a bunch of different levels and a bunch of different ways to interact with those levels, which is something I really wasn't expecting. But Pokemon Snap, in a lot of ways, looks beautiful, plays very well, and really the only thing I ever get frustrated about with it is the way it grades my pictures. Yep. Because everything <laughs> I take is a platinum. <laughs> yep, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's. I feel like that's staying true to the original, though, because Professor Oak in the original was a jerk. 
Yeah. Like he, he never handed out those four stars. I mean, there's, there's times where like I, I take a picture and I, I know you, you have thought the same way. Like you take that picture and you're like four star easy, yeah. easy. And then you get to grading and it's one. And I'm like, I, I, sometimes I feel like it's a little unfair. I'm like, I don't know what exactly it is. The game is looking for. Like, I know they tell you bonus points. If there's multiple Pokemon center of the center of the frame, you know, of your shot is a must. Um, yeah. Action shots are encouraged. But like you feel like you hit all that. You're like, man, I got him dead center doing something. There's a Pokemon in the back. I'm perfect. And then it's still one. So I feel like it could be a little bit clearer as far as what exactly they're looking for. Um, but other than that, like I don't have any complaints about this game at all. Um, it looks good for the most part. Um, yeah. The levels are fun. Um, taking pictures has always been fun. That hasn't changed. And the variety of Pokemon is cool. So, yeah, I feel like they pretty much built on everything that the old game was like. There are so much more Pokemon now than there ever have been when that when the original Pokemon Snap came out. So for me, the areas are more diverse. You get to go to a beach side. You get to go into a jungle. You get to go into volcanoes and deserts and other places. And it's really it's really cool what they do. And yep. The way the way you get to interact with these levels is as you continue to collect more of the Pokemon's pictures from that area, you gain a research level. And that research level then adds new things that happen. Sometimes it's new Pokemon. And it's just all it's just all a lot of fun, just in yeah. general. Yeah. I I've I will find myself coming back to this game. I also have taken it upon myself to buy the mini printer that's going to allow me to print out my <laughs> photography so I can show it to all my friends. You didn't get the Pikachu one, though. The Pikachu one sold out. You can barely get your hands on that right now. <laughs> and uh, remind you, if you decide to get this instant instant link printer, mm -hmm. the the Pikachu one is just a case. It's not like it's an actual right. like different printer. It's just that it's a rubber case that goes over it. Yep. And people are selling these rubber cases for like a hundred dollars. Oh I can't my stand God. it. Because <laughs> I, I would have gotten the Pokemon version. And for me as someone who likes this stuff, I would have kept it. I would not have tried to resell. But right. in this in the way this economy is right now, you know, reselling is the new hustling. So it's right. It it it, it I I have to just live in this cli climate and not have to get angry about it, I guess. <laughs> that's I, I guess that's how I have to do it. I feel like this will probably end up staying in the top 10 for me. Um, I don't know where, though. It depends on all the other games. I have nostalgia for the original one, but not as much as some people do. But this is still a very well done game. 100%. The time was taken. This could have been a, a quick cash grab for Nintendo and Pokemon, but I really don't think that's what they did here. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And one thing I will mention, too, is I've got a big project coming up with Pokemon Snap here. <laughs> I'm literally going to speak it into existence. Uh, just be be aware of the next couple months, because uh, on our Instagram, once Craig uploads that photo, you'll know what I've been working on. I'm mm -hmm. super excited for it with Pokemon Snap, and I'm hoping that you guys appreciate the work that I'm going to put into this uh, thing that I'm doing. But I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> it's going to be cool. If you can pull it off, it's going to be pretty cool. I've already done all the research. It's uh, it's, it's right. gonna. I'm spending more money than I want, but so be <laughs> it. I'll do it. All right. All right. So those are kind of the games that we played this week. Hopefully it's enough for you guys and just be prepared because next week is Resident Evil and it's probably going to be Resident Evil, Resident Evil, a whole and, bunch of Resident Evil. Yeah. And we we'll see how far we get into it by the end of the week. Uh. A buddy of mine told me that he was able to finish Resident Evil 7 in like 10 hours, mm -hmm. which, you know, I expected maybe 7 to be a lot um, longer. So I'm interested to see if 8 is something that I can finish in like 15 hours, because I might be able to finish it by the end of this weekend if that's the case. Resident Evil, so. for me, all of them have always been weekend games. So okay. I don't think there's any reason that this shouldn't be able to be beaten on like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it's been a game that like I will get through. I tend to play it on easy the first time because I don't like having to deal with the ammo issue. Uh, but then I will go back and play it again on a different difficulty. And usually when you beat it, they'll give you something for your next playthrough, whether it's like unlimited ammo or, you know, a, a more powerful gun that you can start with any of that stuff. So 100 percent, you should be able to get through it, I would think, in, in a couple of days. 
cool. All right. I didn't expect that. I thought these were like a 30 to 40 hour, 20 hour games even. So not usually. I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited now to to maybe get through it in a week. And I thought I was mm-hmm. going to be playing this for months. So <laughs> Unless you just get scared and put it down. I'm not. I don't care if I'm scared. <laughs> even if I'm scared, I can't put it down. I've already told everybody I'd play it. Just remember, you you have to have both hands on the controller. So you can't play one handed with one hand over your face. It, I know. It, do- it doesn't work. I know. I'm, I'm prepared. All um, right. <laughs> I don't think you guys are, though. I don't think you guys are prepared for how much of a baby I can be. Get that counter ready. Yeah. <laughs> We'll go ahead into movies for this week, and this is kind of the first week where we don't have Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier to talk about. So for me, I have recently watched the newest episode of The Bad Batch, okay. the Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, what did you end up watching this weekend? So I have two things. I have uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines on Netflix, and then we have Craig's Anime Corner. Yep, Craig's Anime Corner. Uh, we are going to watch the Tom Clancy movie uh, that came out on Amazon. I yep. just didn't have time to watch it this week. I'm about halfway through it, so I don't want to give a half review. So I will finish it this week, and we can both talk about it next week. Perfect. So I'll start off with The Bad Batch here. Uh, if if you didn't know, The Bad Batch was a Clone Wars troop that was introduced in the newest season of The Clone Wars. And they're kind of these... They call them the Bad Batch because they're a they're not as good of clone troops, but they're all kind of physically augmented to be superior than the regular ones. For example, one's super strong, the other one has insane um like marksman abilities, the other one's really smart, and they all have their different quirks that they're really strong in instead of having an overall um basis of all of those things. The premiere is actually like an an, an hour and 15 minutes, which was kind of longer than anything Mm -hmm. of the Clone Wars that had come out. So I was really surprised at that. And the episode itself is really good. It pretty much takes place, um, at least the the first episode takes place uh, right at the end of uh, episode three, where we have Emperor Palpatine executing Order 66. And... The Bad Batch, of course, is on a mission where something gets affected by uh, Order 66. So you end up kind of going through with them and seeing what happens to, you know, particularly the clones that didn't get affected by this. Because as you find out in the Clone Wars series, there are people who, you know, that didn't get affected by the Order 66 call. So you kind of have to wait and see what they end up doing. And now we finally get to see what that is. and. With that, the season premiere is really impressive. The animation's really good. The voice acting's good. You have callbacks where General Tarkin is in here now, and that's something that I didn't expect. There are new characters like Omega, who I really like as a character now, and she's kind of grown on me as the hour and 15-minute series opener kind of went through. And overall, like this is perfect Star Wars Clone Wars stuff. I'm... Like, after watching this, I'm also convinced I love this Clone Wars stuff more than I love the actual movies themselves. <laughs> like You're not the only one who said that, too. Yeah, like, the, the Clone Wars stuff is so grounded. It's not all about the Force and being good or evil and that kind of thing. Like, in the Star Wars movies, I always feel like they're leaning on the Force in order to, you know, oh, this is good, this is evil, whereas... You know, you could probably just down it as this do this person does, you know, whether it's not it's they have the force or not is doing bad or good stuff. So it's nice to see like this where the bad batch kind of has to overcome these these odds against everybody because they are one of the couple of troops that aren't affected by the order. So I'm really excited to see where this goes on. I don't really know if the episodes are all going to be an hour and 15 minutes like having them in small doses of the 30 minutes is kind of nice mm-hmm. but i also i also really enjoyed the kind of hour you know long intro that i got to this so whatever comes up next for the bad batch i am super interested in if you're a star wars fan and a clone wars fan you should be watching it for sure cool yeah that came out today right as of this came- recording yeah, I think it came out yesterday or today, which okay. it was kind of like a surprise drop because, you know, everybody's hyping up Loki, mm-hmm. but then forgot about the Bad Batch here, which do not do not under undersell the Bad Batch. The Clone Wars yeah. stuff is some of the best Star Wars content you could find. That's cool. I have such a hard time with, uh, the, you know, the Clone Wars stuff. Um, I love Star Wars and I just 
have tried multiple times with Clone Wars, and for whatever reason, I just I just bounce off of it, and I really don't want to because <laughs> I'm like it's more Star Wars stuff. I love anything Star Wars, and it's more like Star Wars lore I can jump into. But I just always had a hard time getting into it. But I really want to because this the Bad Batch looks really cool. So I need yeah, to like and force myself. I and in all honesty, like if you were to get into it, you could probably watch a synopsis of what happens at the end of the season seven mm-hmm. and then be able to go into the Bad Batch pretty much knowing everything you need to know. Yeah. Like you're a Star Wars fan. You already know that they're clones, that their right. home planet's Camino. Mm-hmm. And it's just that these these guys are different from the rest. And they and it's very apparent as well that they're, they're not the same as all the other clones. OK, so I I think it's not too hard to get into it. I do get the fear of jumping into the Clone Wars only because everything is so segmented where some stuff gets picked up in another season and it really jumps around it's really chaotic the original clone war so i kind of understand the um the point where if you're watching it there's no sometimes there's no cohesive storyline so you end up getting lost into whatever's going on especially if you missed a week but Um, for for sure, like the Bad Batch is something to jump into, and hopefully it it's easy for people to jump into if you get to, you know, watch a synopsis of what happens during the series there. Okay. Um. So I watched the Mitchells Mitchells versus the Machines. It's either Mitchells or the Mitchells uh, on Netflix, and this is one that like I had on my list on Netflix to watch, and I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. Uh, but I was looking for something to watch yesterday, and I was like, oh yeah, I still need to watch that. Um. So I think people uh, tend to sleep on Sony animation um, and like they put out some good stuff, right? Um, we have the Spider-Man into, you know, into the Spider-Verse with Sony animation. We had, you know, even way back when Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I always thought was a great movie. Yeah. So Mitchell's versus the Machines, like I can't stress enough, like how fantastic this movie is. So I have a feeling unless like, I mean, there's a lot of movies still to come out this year, but I have a feeling this is probably going to end up somewhere in my top 10 for the year. Um, I don't haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, uh, maybe because it is like an oversaturation of animated movies right now that have been coming out. But this is a very funny, well-written, looks phenomenal movie. So I can't like I have to stress how good this movie is. Uh, the voice acting is superb. You know, there's a decent amount of people in here. You have Danny McBride. You have Eric Andre. Um, it's just a very, very good movie. They they do a lot of cool things with the animation, kind of like they did with Into the Spider-Verse, where they're just trying different things, and I think it works very, very well. Uh, premise is pretty simple for, like, a, you know, a, a kid's movie, right? Uh, it's about a family. Their daughter's going off to college. You know, she wants to leave because her parents are annoying her. And then they cancel her uh, airplane ticket to go to college because they want to drive her cross country. And then they get involved with this company that makes your phone, which is supposed to be Apple, really, um, makes <laughs> makes these. Uh, they don't call it Siri. I forget what they call it in the movie, but they have these robots that are supposed to help you out. And then they obviously they turn evil. And that's where the Mitchells versus the machines come on. But man, I, this movie is hilarious. It's well done. I can't stress enough. You, if you're at all into animation or, you know, even like kids movies in general, you have to watch this movie. It's very, very good. So it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Everybody has Netflix. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this right now. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know this movie was out and I never heard of it, but just (laughs) so you guys have an idea, it's eight out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 81 on Metacritic. Like killing it. I never see like scores this high. I am absolutely going to watch this yep. uh, in time for the next podcast. That's it's phenomenal. <laughs> Do you have anything else before we get into the anime corner? No. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump into the anime corner here. I can't. Okay. I can't wait. This is hilarious. All right. So anime corner. Here we go. I got into Demon Slayer because everybody won't shut up about it. And everybody yeah, that's saying, me that's me that's not just you but yes it is you <laughs> um and how good the movie is and i was like all right i need to at least try the show i do not watch anime and honestly the main reason i started watching this um was because i wanted to figure out what happened between me in middle school and high school and now because middle school and high school i watched so much dragon ball z so much like Every day before I went to school, I would wake up and as I was eating my cereal, I was watching Dragon Ball Z because it was always on TV. Always. Yeah. 
Um, I remember putting in VC, uh, VHS tapes to tape the movies, like the Brawly movie. So I have it so I could watch it whenever I want. I forget what the other ones were. There's like Tree of Might or something. Um, but like I had to record those those movies off of the TV, off of Cartoon Network, so I could watch them whenever I wanted. Yeah. And what I I wanted to figure out what happened and why I'm not interested in anime anymore at all. And what I came to the realization was that as I got older, my patience for how slow animes tend to move is where I lost a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z back in the day, I was more than happy to have a battle take 15 episodes. Um, but now, like, I don't have that patience. Um, so going into Demon Slayer, I was like, I know if I hit that, I'm going to fall off of this super quick because I just can't watch four episodes where nothing happens. I did yeah. start watching it uh, with the original audio with subtitles, and then I did switch. So I've watched three episodes so far. So I'm not super far in, but the first two um, I watched with subtitles. And then this last third one I watched with the English dub. And yeah. I will say the English dub is very good. Like, okay, cool. Usually the English dubs on this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. Um, but I think they did a good job. Um, the voice actors aren't annoying to me. So that's good. Cool. Um, I did run into a little bit of an issue with, I believe, the second episode where he starts training. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Like I was struggling with that episode. I forced myself through it. I got to the third one where he is told to cut the rock in half. Right. Yeah. And then like that one, like that episode, like flew by and I was like, oh, we're done with that episode already. All right. Because that was pretty cool. So yeah. I think this is going to be one that I can get into. Um, it's only what, 26 episodes or something like yeah. that. And I know yep. I haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. So I am trying to get through it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So I, I I have to be cautious with the anime whole. I don't want to fall down into that and, <laughs> and never emerge again. But I think if I pick and choose like ones that interest me, um, I think I'll be OK. So as far as right now, I think I should have no problem finishing the 26 episodes. I'm invested enough to care. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, you guys can't see me, but I'm grinning ear to ear yep, over here. Yep. Like I'm just I'm just smiling and you know, I've uh it, it's nice it's nice that you're trying it out. I'm happy mm -hmm. you are and Demon Slayer and as long as like there are there are always going to be and I hate to say it, but there are people who are elitists who, you know, only watch the the sub and then only watch the dub. Right. Where I don't think there's a problem with either. You enjoy your media the way you want to enjoy it. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the same stuff happens, whether it's spoken in J Japanese or English. So right. we could still talk about everything that happened once you get uh, up to that point. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the difference. Like if you tell people you only watch dub or that kind of thing, people are going to be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Right. And the only thing that I like that I'll say about the situation is if you watch the dub, you really like don't complain about not being able to watch like other stuff because right. like it takes time to dub these things. And sometimes the dubs aren't easy to get a hold of. Luckily mm -hmm. demon slayer has found like life on uh, Netflix since it's time uh, uh, originally airing. So yeah, good for it. And hopefully you end up finishing the series. I'm interested to see what you end up um, telling me after episode 19. <laughs> I will say this. I will finish the series here, but I do not think in my mind I can in good conscience bring myself to go to the theater to see this movie. I don't know that I am at that level <laughs> yet. Um, that's a whole nother level that I cannot commit to. <laughs> so it, and it's not that I think it's bad, but, you know, in my mind, I, I'm still going to be like, I'm going to a movie theater to watch an anime. What am I doing? <laughs> But yeah, maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll get to the end of these episodes and be like, yeah, I don't care. I got to go. You yeah, know? well, and, and even if that's the case, like I do one day hope you end up watching the movie, mm -hmm. whether it's at a movie theater or whether or not you get it digitally from your house to watch yep. it. Um, and I've, I've already said my piece on Demon Slayer Mugen Train. It is a fantastic film. It's yeah. like Avengers level type threat mm -hmm. <laughs> in how and how the culmination of all the episodes from season one comes into uh, the train, it comes into the Mugen train movie here. So 
you know, I do hope you watch it. You don't have to go to a movie theater for it. But <laughs> one day, you know, in July when the new Blu-ray comes out for it, yep. I hope you give it a chance. Hell, I'll let you borrow mine. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt I'll watch it. Um, but yeah, it might just have to be in my own home or something along those lines. I mean, I guess we might as well just rename this podcast the anime podcast at this point. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now that you talk <laughs> about anime, there's no going yep. back now. I know. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> i can't give up yet i'll just have to i'll i'll be like cherry picking the animes that's what i'm yeah. going to be doing that way i they can't tell me i'm full-on anime lover yet not yet i i, I would never say you were anyway <laughs> you like you, you're my anime taste is that it kind of replaced my normal tv stuff for mm -hmm. me so but ever, you know, TV in a lot of ways has kind of lost its vigor and, and whatnot and mm -hmm. in some of the stuff that I watch. So regardless, don't worry, you'll never get called, you know, the anime guy from me. I, it'll <laughs> it'll never be solely Craig's anime corner. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, like I can sit here and say that all I want. But like if you if any of you would have seen me when I was in high school, I was watching Dragon Ball every day. I was the kid drawing Dragon Ball fighter like uh, characters in my notebook. That was me. So like, it's not like this is anything new to me. I just repressed it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that note, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening here today. It's been a lot of fun with this podcast and hopefully you guys enjoy too. If you're interested in becoming a part of the community at all, we have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an instagram we also have a twitch which again i'm going to be streaming resident evil 8 and the big crybaby i am is going to finish it <laughs> no matter how no matter how rough it is yes so be prepared for that guys and hopefully you guys uh, can make can make it out to that i will be recording them and i'm probably going to upload them to youtube as a capacity for people to be able to interact and watch later i'm trying to work out the details with that right now so we'll eventually get there but look forward to that this weekend yeah and with that Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later.